With sports car racing news from around the globe, this is the Sports Car 365 Double Stint Podcast. Here's John DeGeese and Ryan Marine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Double Stint Sports Car 365 Sports Car Racing Podcast in Indianapolis. I'm Ryan Marine. John DeGeese joining me from Chicago ahead of the IMSA Encore coming up this weekend. How are you, John? doing okay how about yourself doing well so we'll talk some about the encore in a little while we have plenty of news to get to from the world of sports car racing we'll do that in just a moment we will also check in with jack hawksworth who uh, was recently announced to be staying with the lexus program as part of uh, the driving lineup for the newly announced aim with vassar sullivan race team that will be competing in gt daytona next year looking forward to that conversation But let's dive into the news here first, John, and I think uh, some interesting headlines coming out of the IMSA world with the release of the 2019 IMSA Sporting Regulations, staying specifically with the WeatherTech Championship. I think uh, the two Pro-Am classes for 2019 had the most news coming out of these regulations, LMP2 and GTD, both very much um, in the news in terms of how the series is going to handle Pro-Am lineups. I think some cost-cutting measures come up as well. What did you take away from the sporting ranks? Yeah, there's a lot of things that sort of got put into writing um, this past week uh, when them so released the sporting regs on Friday. We knew some things were coming and, and others may have been a little bit more of a surprise or, or, or not when you do more of a deep dive into the regs. But I think the, the, the biggest um, adjustments for next year is really the the formation of the LMP2 category. We we knew that was coming. That was obviously announced at in August um, during the State of the Series address. Um, that comes with Pro-Am enforced driver lineups, and um, it basically mirrors what we see in GTD right now. Um, I think the biggest change um, we have in, in terms of those Pro-Am classes for next year is the qualifying formats. Um, the silver and or bronze driver must qualify each car, and they must start each car as well um, in in those ra- in in any in every race. So that sort of changes the the strategy quite a bit in terms of how the um, how teams approach the weekends. It's also understood that IMSA will actually use qualifying as a uh, a measure of its balance of performance. Previously, they didn't use qualifying data for BOP. Now that'll be the case, which makes it quite interesting if you're a, a manufacturer or a team. You know, do you really want to show everything you have now in, in those sessions? So those are some of the bigger um, changes in the regs, but there's also some other smaller details that have sort of been confirmed. Um, there's going to be an exclusive practice session prior to qualifying for bronze and silver rated drivers in GTD. That's going to be new for next year. Um, I know there were some separated practice sessions, I think, at a couple events this year on a, on a trial basis. This is actually exclusive to the AM drivers only. Um, I guess something similar to what we would see in the Blancpain GT series when they had the Bronze Cup um, practice session. I think actually ELMS does something similar as well. So this actually comes right before qualifying. So these drivers that'll be qualifying the cars now will will get that extra experience, you know, extra laps right before the session, which could be pretty, you know, uh, beneficial for for um, the AM drivers for sure. 
Another thing that's been um, adjusted for next year is actually how you score points. Um, we have to look back at the, the race at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, where the number five Action Express car didn't cross the start line um, at the start of the race after Draw Barbosa was collected in a, in a multi-car accident. That team walked away from the weekend with zero points. IMSA has actually adjusted that for next year, that once the car actually takes the formation lap, regardless if the starter displayed the green flag, um, cars will be eligible for race points. So um, that sort of fixes the, the the issue that was raised upon that um, over that weekend. And also um, in the regs, we sort of was confirmed that, you know, we'll, we'll have less uh, testing days throughout the year. Private testing has been reduced to four days for LMP2 and GTD entries. Um, GTD is going to have less um, uh, official testing as well, because they'll, they'll only be taking part in the first two days of the roar before the 24. And the roar is only going to is going to be the only IMSA-sanctioned official test throughout the year. So the Sebring test in February, um, the traditional um, wheels down test, as it was known in the ALMS days, that goes away. Um, we sort of knew that was coming as well. So um, other than that, I, I, I think that those are sort of the, the big key points. You, you can find the whole story, the whole article on sportscar365.com. Um, and, and also of note, um, it looks like we're going to be introducing RFID chips to the tires um, next year with the arrival of Michelin as the uh, official tire in the WeatherTech Championship. So that's kind of cool to see, um, you know, some digital tracking with these tires. Um, it's been used in the WEC, I think, the last two seasons. So it, it'll be good to see that kind of technology being transferred over to IMSA as well. Yeah, just one more tool for the stewards to use to keep on top of everything throughout the course of a race weekend. So a lot of changes, uh, some interesting stuff in there. And again, for the full story, we've got it at sportscar365.com. Let's get to some other news. Uh, not unexpected here, but it is now official that Core Autosport will be remaining in the LMP2 class. I know uh, even from our conversation with Morgan Brady on this podcast in the past, um, and certainly it's been in the rumor mill that they have some interest in the DPI uh, class and format, but at least for next year, John, it looks like it's LMP2 for Core. Yeah, I know they were evaluating DPI for next year, and they were they were a bit coy even at Petit Le Mans over over the season finale weekend um, about what they were going to be doing for next year. You know, speaking to John Bennett after the race, he sort of led me in the direction that they'll be back in LMP2. Obviously, they stayed on for the Michelin um, on track opportunity the day later with their Orica LMP2 car, which makes you makes you believe that was the case. But we actually understand that they had discussions with Onroke Automotive. Um, in the week following Petit to see if um, there was any possibility of using uh, a purchasing or leasing a uh, the Nissan Anrok DPI um, to be used in the WeatherTech Championship next year. Ultimately, that never came to be. Um, we don't really know the exact details on why that didn't happen. Um, I'm aware of at least one other team that was inquiring about it, too. And it, it seems like um, IMSA's uh, marketing commitment requirement for the manufacturer uh, for the Nissan is one of the holdups potentially on seeing those cars compete next year in the WeatherTech Championship, which will be a, a real shame because, um, you know, ESM 
showed really good strength with those cars winning twice this year. And um, it would be a, a real sad situation to not see those cars continue. But in the case of core, um, they're definitely remaining L- LMP2 with their Orica. Uh, driver lineups have not been announced, but I could say it's a sure bet. You'll see John Bennett back behind the wheel as the as the team owner and the designated um, AM driver in that lineup. I think it's a fair chance we'll see Colin as well, um, Colin Brown, but it hasn't been uh, formally confirmed. I know there's been a lot of rumors on potential opportunities for Colin elsewhere next year. Um, he had a real, you know, standout season, I'd have to say, in the WeatherTech Championship, and um, you know, he he's raised some eyebrows. He's raised some eyebrows in some other series, including IndyCar. Um, I I don't know how serious those prospects are, but um, uh, if if I had a bet right now, I'd say Colin's likely to return with with that team next year. But um, this is the first official confirmed full season LMP2 entry for uh, the series next year. Which leads me to my question. What is a realistic goal for IMSA, do you think, in terms of car count for LMP2? I, I think between four to five cars would be a, a good number. Um, right now, we're probably looking at, you know, three a minimum. Um, you add the Performance Tech Orica and then also the, the PR1 Orica. Okay, now it's starting to sound like a spec class again. Is this LMPC 2.0? <laughs> I hope not. Um, I hope we're going to see a Liger in there or maybe somebody will bring over a Delara. Um, yeah, uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I'm hoping that maybe we can get another team or two, maybe from IMSA prototype challenge, uh, looking to step up maybe into LMP2, because this will be a good opportunity, um, you know, to sort of make that move. If you're fighting for a, a class victory in a pro-am enforced class, it's going to be ultimately, you know, probably lead to a little cheaper um, budgets for, for these teams compared to what a prototype, a full-on prototype program was, you know, when you're going up against the DPIs. It may not happen next year. It may happen over time as IMSA sort of gets a little, you know, buckles down on, on the budgets a little bit and maybe looks for other cost-saving measures, much like what they're doing to GT Daytona. You know, maybe something similar could be moved over to LMP2 in the future, and we can see an influx of teams. But I think for next year, the best, you know, target would be somewhere between four and five cars. Okay, well, that's a little lower than I would like to see. It was one of my fears when they announced they were splitting the class that, uh, in effect, it would cannibalize itself. But hopefully there's some more coming. And uh, nonetheless, it's good to see that CORE will remain on the grid in some capacity and uh, certainly will be a title favorite, I think, going into next year in LMP2. Let's get away from IMSA and talk about the SRO. Stefan Rattel spoke to you recently, John, about the uh, new... World Challenge format, the globe-spanning World Challenge format that uh, was recently made public, and it sounds like he's pretty much laid out his goals. What did he tell you, and what uh, what are you expecting to see? Yeah, um, basically, he's expecting the the World Challenge title to be a, a slow growth. You know, he does. He's not expecting instant success from from the get go. I know there's been a lot of confusion still over what this really entails. And um, if I keep repeating myself, it's a case of, uh, you know, three different series linked together with this manufacturer based customer approach to racing where you have points where each manufacturer would score points in the, the Blancpain GT America series, which was Pirelli World Challenge, Blancpain GT Europe, which is which was the Blancpain Sprint 
Cup from this year, and then the Blancpain GT Series Asia, um, which remains relatively unchanged to next year in terms of naming, other than adding the World Challenge moniker to it. Um, manufacturers score points from each of those series where you have um, I, I, each manufacturer nominates a bronze, silver, platinum, and gold rated driver from each from their lineup of cars from each of those championships. So um, looking at the landscape right now, there was only three manufacturers that were represented in all three of those series this year. That was Audi, Mercedes, and Ferrari. Um, Lamborghini was a, a partial season entry, you could sort of say, in Pirelli World Challenge when Dream Racing um, didn't complete the full season um, due to Yuki Harada's um, late withdrawal from the Watkins Glen event. But nonetheless, there was a fair bit of manufacturer involvement already in this kind of sphere that we call world challenge. The question is, will all these manufacturers sign up and who's really interested? Um, Stefan said a, a successful first year would be two manufacturers, much like the start of the Intercontinental GT Challenge. I think there was only three manufacturers registered for that. Now it's grown to five. Next year, we're probably having six or seven. So um, he's literally looking for measured growth. Um, there's definitely interest already from from at least one manufacturer, uh, Mercedes-AMG. I, I spoke to Stefan Wendell, the, the head of Mercedes-AMG Customer Racing at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca during the, the California eight hours. And he was really bullish about the whole idea. He, he was really excited about the concept. Um, he says he, he talked to Stefan. He, he gave us some feedback to him as they were working on the rules and, and the whole concept. And uh, he, he said they really want to promote this within AMG, within their customer racing branch, and they want to sort of bring exposure to those gentlemen drivers that are going to be nominated uh, for uh, those world challenge points in, in the respective series. And, and that's something you don't see really often because the, the, the star drivers usually take the spotlight from the manufacturers, you know, the, the Raffaele Marcellos or the Tristan Vautier or the Maro Engels of the world in Mercedes AMG. But here you're going to have the Hubert Haupt of drivers per se that'll be scoring points for the manufacturer. And I, I think that's going to uh, be a really cool element to this, this global title. So you had the quotes from Stefan Wendel of Mercedes-AMG, also some quotes from Chris Reinke of Audi. So where, where does Audi stand based on your conversations with Chris? Yeah, Chris wasn't as enthusiastic as Stefan, but I think Chris is sort of waiting to see where the, the cars end up being in, in the championships. You know, Audi obviously has a, a strong representation in Europe and Asia right now, but we're not too sure if there will be any entries in Blancpain GT America next year, for instance. Uh, we had the, the True Speed Autosport car of Parker Chase and Ryan DL this year, but um, that... Uh, that group is, is most likely going to be moving over to IMSA in some way or fashion. Um, um, Parker Chase is, is closing in on a, on a, a GT Daytona drive in the WeatherTech Championship, so that sort of leaves the big question mark over those Audis um, there. The, the Chase family actually owns two Audi R8 LMS cars that were the, the former Stevenson chassis. So we haven't really heard about any definitive Audis for the, the American series just yet. And if a manufacturer isn't represented in one of them, in one of the three series, I don't think there's that much of a, a case in point to register for the full world challenge. But it's still early days. I know Stefan's global you know, goal here is to grow the customer base in, in America as well. And, and maybe by having you know 
this title, it might encourage some teams or it might encourage some manufacturers to try to source some teams to, to run cars in America and, and, and boost the overall grid in, in what was known as PwC. Okay, interesting and something to keep an eye on in the months to come. Next topic of conversation, this is a frequent question that we get uh, related to Chris Dyson and Dyson Racing's future plans. And we actually have an update. 2019, where do you expect to see Chris Dyson, John? Well, there's been a lot of rumors going around lately, and it all points to Aston Martin. And we sort of had a bit of a a hint to that um, in the last week when um, Aston Martin unveiled their three-car lineup for the upcoming Gulf 12 Hours. And Chris Dyson, who made Alma Sud, who used to drive for Dyson Racing in the ALMS days back in the the Lola uh, LMP2 car, they were confirmed in one of the Beach Dean um, Aston Martin GT3 Vantages that will be running in the Golf 12 Hours. So my first call was to Chris Dyson saying, hey, what's up? What's going on here? Um, I've been hearing some rumors that, you know, you guys, the Dyson Racing may be preparing for a uh, – a program with the new Aston Martin. He said nothing's finalized. You know, he didn't confirm anything. He said, really, I just wanted to go race the golf 12 hours and, and go back with my, you know, good friend who made and, and, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, we do have a story up on sports car 365 about this, uh, interesting development, I'd say the least. Um, but Chris definitely downplayed any long-term, you know, uh, uh, connection there from his drive in the golf 12 hours. But, um, I, I've I've heard otherwise. Um, we're still waiting to hear what what will actually happen. But um, there's been a lot of talk of them potentially coming back for a, a multi-car um, Blancpain GT America program with with potentially maybe two Aston Martin GT3s. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, the the factual info, the confirmed info right now is that Chris will be racing in the Golf 12 Hours in December, and maybe we'll have some news by then. Yeah, stay tuned. That would be cool to see. Certainly nice to see him and to made back on the grid together. That uh, brings back some some good memories from uh, watching races back in the day. So pretty cool stuff there. Also, other stories in Sports Car 365. Ian Lacey Racing has switched from Janetta to the Ford Mustang GT4 platform and is looking at options both in uh, the GT4 America and also the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series for next year. Lap Motorsports, famous for running their minis in recent years, they've announced a two-car Honda program in TCR. Body Motion Racing has ordered a 2019 Porsche Cayman GT4 Club Sport and is exploring its options, too. So plenty of interesting topics and stories to check out at Sports Car 365, in addition to the stories we discussed here this week. Coming up next, let's chat with Jack Hawksworth, who will be continuing his relationship with Lexus in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship next year. We'll talk to Jack about that and more next. Hi, this is Renger van der Zander. You're listening to Sports Car 365 Double Stint Podcast. Jack Hawksworth joins us now on the Double Stint Podcast. He was recently announced as part of the AIM Vassar Sullivan driver lineup in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for this upcoming season, uh, which means continuing on with Lexus. So that's where I'd like to start with you, Jack. What does it mean for you to continue on with your career at IMSA and to do so with Lexus, uh, the brand that you've been a part of really since you made the shift full-time to sports car racing? Uh, thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, obviously, 
you know, super excited to be joining um, Aim Vassar Sullivan, and, uh, and like you said, I'll be continuing um, continuing to drive the Lexus RCF GT3, um, continuing to to get to work with um, you know with the with the guys at Lexus, and also to um, you know begin to work with uh, the new team and um, all of the new the people who've collaborated on this project, basically. So um, you know, really excited about it. I think we've got a lot of good people involved, and um, yeah, just just looking forward to getting going. You were in on the ground floor with Lexus when they came into uh, sports car racing with this GTD program. How much have you seen the brand and this program with the RCF GT3 in particular grow in your time racing for them? Um, I mean, it's it's come on it's come, come on a hell of a, a hell of a long way. Uh, obviously, I was I was there, uh, I guess, at the beginning of the Lexus um, RCF's introduction to the. To the USA, um, you know, I, I spent two two fantastic years at, at 3GT racing. I think during those two years, the team did a fantastic job, um, you know, developing the car and understanding how to how to get the most out of it. And um, obviously, whenever you have a new car, a completely new set of circumstances, there's a lot to learn and a lot to get your head around. But I think over the course of those two years, I think you know anyone from the outside could see that we made a made a, a a lot of progress in terms of, you know, the, the speed of the car, um, the reliability in the longer races, this kind of stuff uh, moved on exponentially. And um, obviously coming off the back of a, a strong season where uh, the car had, I think, six fastest laps, four poles and um, two race wins. So testament to the to Lexus, testament to obviously the, the 3GT team the last two years. And um, yeah, I was very pleased to be a part of it. And uh, I only see it going, you know, uh, going upwards from here really i think there's some good people involved and um the the car is you know is 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 fundamentally there and i'm excited to see uh, to see what we can do you mentioned the the people involved with this program two of them i'm wondering are you familiar at all with jimmy vassar and james sullivan from your time in indycar when they were also in that paddock uh, so i i know jimmy and uh, well I met James the other day, but I, I knew Jimmy uh, a little bit to, to say hi to, but I wouldn't say um, I know him too well. Uh, James, I met the other day actually at the Toyota Motorsport Day, so got to speak to him and um, and sit down and have a conversation. And from everything I've heard, both really good guys. Um, uh, you know, in the short amount of time I spent with James, he seemed uh, seemed really switched on, and um, everybody's very very motivated to uh, to get the most out of this fantastic opportunity we have. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think I think the whole the whole bunch of guys, from the sounds of it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good good relationship, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing where it goes. I spoke to Ian Willis as well, who's the, going to be the the team manager uh, or certainly the lead engineer, I think, down at the um, uh, with, with Aim next year. So I've spoke to a few people and uh, still getting my bearings with it all, but so far so good. You talked about the speed of the car, which certainly was on display last year. You brought the, stati- the statistics up that I was hoping to touch on, so uh, good on you for that. But uh, with that in mind, how would you ultimately evaluate the, the 2018 season? There certainly were were times that the, the car was very good, the team won some races, but uh, I know you're in there to win championships. So ultimately, in the final analysis, how do you how does 2018 stack up? Yeah, I think you, you touched on it. I think that the car, with the performance of the car, was very good. I think that there was a lot of speed um, that we showed at a lot of races throughout the year. Um, obviously, we didn't put together a, a you know a championship run or anything, but I think there was certainly signs there that that could be done uh, in the future. 
we we had some. I think the progress throughout the, the season was important to note as well. You know, at the beginning of the season, I think we struggled with a, a lot of tyre degradation. Um, in general, we used to be very, we were very strong at the beginning of the stints, but we kind of fade towards the end of them. And I think if you look at the the last race at Petit Le Mans, the last couple of races, Virginia Petit Le Mans, we were able to um, close the gap towards the end of the stint to some of our some of our rivals and stuff. So I think that there, there was progress throughout the year. I think the car showed pace, um, and I think. There's some, obviously some things to work on if we want to put together a, a championship run next year. Um, but yeah, certainly all of the ingredients are there. And um, I think we proved that the the car can be as fast as, as any of the other GT3 cars out there. So I was very pleased with it. Your IMSA season wrapped up at Petit Le Mans, but you actually had an outing recently at the California 8 Hours in a Mercedes-AMG GT3 with Stracker Racing. Uh, I'm curious how much you enjoyed that opportunity and if it might be something we might see more of from you branching out and, and doing some other GT3 racing in addition to what you're doing uh, in IMSA? Yeah, it was nice. I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and obviously it was uh, a different different series, different championships, slightly different regulations and things like that, different tyres, but um, it was interesting, interesting for me to do. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, obviously, it was after my IMSA season had finished, so I obviously have a little bit more freedom to, to, to do what I want at that, um, at that stage, so I enjoyed that, and uh, it was interesting for me to drive another GT3 car to kind of get an understanding of, of how that car works. So it was very, it was a very interesting exercise. I enjoyed it, and um, I was very thankful to the team. They did a great job all weekend, the Stracker guys. And um, it was unfortunate that we got uh, hit by a GT4 car behind the safety car. I think we had a pretty decent uh, shot at doing quite well. Yeah, it looked that way from where I was standing too. Uh, curious as well about sports car racing in your career i know you dabbled in it when you were doing some of the open wheel stuff uh do you feel like you've found a home in sports car racing or are you always open to opportunities should they arrive back in single seaters well i mean my focus completely is on um, is on the the program for next year on working with aim bassa sullivan um continuing to drive the lexus rcf gt3 that that's what excites me right now i think there's a lot of as, as I said, a lot of potential around the whole program. Um, the targets to win races, the targets to win championships, and that's really where my mind's at right now. I mean, you can never predict three or four four years down the line where you're going to be or what you're going to be doing, but all I can say is I'm very much enjoying my time driving the Lexus. I'm enjoying uh, the IMSA series. I think the racing's exciting. I think it's extremely competitive. Um, I enjoy the challenge of driving these cars. Um, and yeah, that's where my, my mind is, my focus is. I want to you know, as I say, I came into, I guess, full-time into the Impsus Championship uh, at the beginning of 2017. Uh, I've had some some success um, over the last couple of years, but, you know, I want to win racing, I want to win championships, and, you know, I want to do it in a Lexus, and I want to do it with, with Ambassador Sullivan next year. So the plan is to win some races, try and win a championship, and, and that's my target, really. I'm not, not thinking about much else other than that. It is still early days, of course, but knowing what you know about the program as it as it is today... Do you think next year everything will be in place for you to go after that target? It's hard to say. I mean, you never like to make predictions this this early, and quite honestly, I've not spent enough time. Um, I, I've not, you know, everything's too new at the minute to make a an accurate evaluation of everything. I'd be lying if I said, you know, I knew exactly where we were at going into next year. Um, the only thing I do know is the Lexus RCF is extremely competitive. Uh, it's one of the best GT3 cars out there and um, I think we've got a great bunch of guys who are going to be running the car so 
you know the ingredients are there and obviously with anything which is which is brand new putting together a you know a, a team which has not run the RCF before and bringing together new people um it'll I'm sure it'll take a little bit of time to to get everything you know working at working at its maximum but um I have no doubt we'll get there and as I say it, it's you know the, the target I think for everybody um who's involved in the program is to win races so um and obviously if you win races you've got a shot at winning the championship so that'll certainly be the aim and if how fast we can do that, I don't know, but um, we'll be we'll be trying to do it from the off. I would imagine. Any idea who your teammates might be at this stage? Not not at this stage. Um, I'm sure I'm, I've heard some names kind of floated around and stuff like that, but I'm probably not the right guy to um, right guy to ask. To be honest, I'm I'm just I, I, that's not that, <laughs> that's not my department. Fair enough. Well, hey, really excited to see the news. Uh, certainly good to see you back with Lexus, and looking forward to. Seeing you back on track uh, at the Roar before the 24, which isn't too much further down the line, believe it or not. It feels like we just got to the off-season, but uh, we're already counting down yeah, the days. There isn't really an off-season in this championship. It just kind of rolls into the next one. So that it does. It's good. To, uh, it's, it's good. I'm looking forward to Daytona. It's such a great event, and um, it all kicks off. I think we, we perhaps have a test there in December, and then obviously uh, you know you have the Roar there in January, and, and then the big race at the end of January. So it's going to be good, and I'm super looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, and... Uh, yeah, excited to get going. Hi, I'm Jerome Leekemolen, and you're listening to SportsCar 365 Double Stint Podcast. Back on Double Stint, thanks to Jack for spending some time with us just a few moments ago. Good to catch up with him. Let's get to our final segment of the show here, John, and preview what's to come. This weekend, it is the IMSA Encore, 20 cars on the entry list, and most notably, no GT3 entries on the entry list. What do you make of, of what we expect to see this weekend, and ultimately, what uh, what other storylines are uh, grabbing your interest? Yeah, I think there's two major points here to be sort of taken. You know, A, it, in more, I think most importantly, this is going to be the first official race with Michelin, you know, fully invested in the in the championship. This is called the Michelin IMSA Sports Car Encore. And for these teams entered this weekend, it'll be their first time to race on Michelin tires. I, I think almost every team here um, on the entry list has no race experience um, with Michelins in the past. So this will be a very important uh, opportunity for them to get a sample of it before they go on to their uh, various challenge series next year with the with the tires, um, both in the Michelin Pilot Challenge and the IMSA Prototype Challenge next year. So um, that means there's only three classes um, of competing this weekend, LMP3, GT4, and TCR. Initially, as you said, Ryan, um, GT3 was planned but um, ultimately, there's no entries. Um, we understand uh, there was at least three or four cars that were looking to enter, um, but they were all either in Evo or 2019 specification, the unhomologated machinery. And um, ultimately, there's some differing stories on how this sort of unfolded. But um, bottom line is we know that IMSA all first sort of said, hey, we don't really encourage those cars to be competing because we don't know where the balance of performance will be. Um, you know, the cars are not yet BOP'd or even homologated by the FIA. So it, 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 may, it gives them a bit of a challenging situation. Um, ultimately, I think that IMSA reversed their decision at some point over a course of a couple of weeks between Petit and um, when this entry list was released. And that didn't give teams enough time to get their 
programs in order to be ready for this race. And, and at some point, IMSA appears to have made the decision not to allow GT3 cars at all, because if there was only going to be one or two, it, it really wouldn't be that representative of a of a, pro- a proper race. Um, we do know that Audi was very interested in running this with their GT3 Evo. They actually flew a car over the, the car that was on display at Edmo Tool Petit Le Mans and at the California Eight Hours. That was planned to be run by Land Motorsport for this event. Ultimately, that has not materialized. Um, but it is what it is, and and we'll have um, LMP3 taking center stage. And there's 12 entries um, taking part, largely uh, Ligiers, as, as expected. Um, there should be an Addis also on, on the entry list. Uh, there were a couple Normas initially set to take part from 47 Motorsport, but they withdrew at the last minute. So um, we got um, some interesting entries in LMP3. We got five GT4 cars, um, in, including a, a pair of Mustangs from, from Roush Performance Core Motorsport, GMG, Audi, um, Nola Sport, Porsche, Cayman, also a Carbon Audi R8 GT4, and, and we have three TCR cars as well. So should be an interesting race. It's four hours in length, um, uh, you know, pretty much the, the distance of a, a, an endurance race for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, as it was known this year. So um, these teams have some experience there on the GT side. On the LMP3, I, I think this will actually be the longest LMP3 race held in uh, North America, actually, um, officially licensed LMP3 race, per se. Because we've seen some LMP3 cars run in, in races like the Thunder, Thunder Hill 25 Hours and whatnot, but this is a, you know an ACO-licensed uh, uh, series with with IMSA, so uh, should be interesting, and we got some interesting names on the entry list as well. I mean, it'll be cool to um, see them in action, such as uh, Catherine Leg. She's going to be in in one of the Ligiers. Um We also have Bruno Jancara uh, making a return in, in a performance tech Ligier, so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they all get on. Yeah, some star power for sure. Would have liked to see more cars on the entry list. Would have liked to have been able to see GT3 cars too, but wasn't in the cards for this year. Um, and just curious to see if this is an event that can grow over time. Uh, we, we were just talking about the California 8 Hours last week, and that was one that grew a great deal year to year, and hopefully that'll be the case for the IMSA Encore as well. Well, safe travels to you, John. Looking forward to talking to you about it and uh, certainly excited to see what happens with uh, the IMSA Encore. I'll be watching on the web stream, which will be at uh, the IMSA website. So for those of you who are interested in watching there, that's how you do it. That's it for us on the show this week. Thanks to Jack Hawksworth as well for his time. We'd love a rating and a review on iTunes if you have a few moments to spare as well. Talk to you next week with our next edition of Double Stints. Thank you.